goodness, the God of all strength. Praise the Lord, the God of all wisdom. Praise the Lord. We look to you, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, for depositing that, inspiring, that igniting your wisdom inside us that we may know your ways, O God, and we may know your thoughts. We bless you and worship you. Praise you, Holy Father. Praise you, Holy Father. Praise you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Father. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just see you with our, uh, our spirit, the, uh, the eye of our spirit, O oh Lord. We see you as you're high and lifted up, and we join the courses of heaven saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You are so good, O oh God, and your mercies endure forever. Praise your name, O oh Lord. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, I pray over each person who's come for the Bible study tonight. I pray, O oh Lord, that you give us, uh, supernaturally, Lord, enable us. Give us hearing ears. Praise the Lord and open hearts. Glory to God. Uh, give us, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability uh, to see uh, your word and to understand. And a new dimension in glow and with the basic We give you the praise for it. And Father, I just ask that you touch every person physically, uh, as well as spiritually and emotionally, oh Lord, but physically tonight, that uh, each one just uh, just um, have that the, the, a physical renewal and a physical refreshing. Hallelujah. Energize all of our minds, oh God, to receive you so that we don't, don't miss anything that you have for us by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray together over uh, joy tonight. Thank you for the for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the uh, teaching, oh Lord, the, the teacher, the Holy Spirit, uh, who will uh, speak through her tonight. I praise you, oh Lord, that she'll just sense your presence and sense your anointing and, and sense your uh, um, immeasurable ability. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory for it. Praise the Lord. Why don't you greet those around you? Praise the Lord. We'll let you sit down for just a little while, okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, just before we get into the teaching tonight, let me give you an opportunity to, um, those of you who have brought an offering to the Lord, we give you an opportunity to bring it uh, down front. Uh, guys, the guys have envelopes if you if you need one. So, um um, you know, you can um, get it recorded for your giving. Praise the Lord. Let me give you one quick thought. I'm going to give you a thought. Praise the Lord just to attach to your giving tonight. You know, in the book of Philippians, it's a wonderful book. It's a powerful book. Uh, but as um, toward the end, um, the Apostle Paul is commending the church for having blessed him and taken care of him and so forth. And they... Uh, they displayed uh, a tremendous generosity, that they were generous people because he wasn't even there. And they gave to him, you know, and supported him and so forth. And so he says, 
famous scripture. We've heard it so many times and taken it to ourselves. It becomes, you know, just meat to chew on. Speaking about their generosity. And he says in Philippians 4.19, he says, And my God shall supply. This was the blessing back. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now here's the quick point as you're giving tonight. Notice that how, how the Apostle Paul put that. I, I believe it's very pointed and very, very meaningful to us. He, he, he did not say, and my God shall supply all your needs out of his riches, out of his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I suppose he could have, but he didn't say that. He, he said, according to his riches, not out of his. There is a difference. There is a difference in the way that this is said, you know. You can take a, a rich man, and a rich man could give you, give you a $1,000 gift just out of his wealth, you know. But it would be different. That's different than if he gave you a gift according to his wealth. If he's a millionaire, according to his wealth, the gift would be different. If he's a billionaire, the gift would be even different if he gave according to his wealth. My goodness, think about this, the God that we serve. He has inexhaustible, uncountable riches. And this is the promise that he has to you. He says that he will take care of you. He will supply your need according to his riches. His riches. Man, he has everything. He has everything that we need. Oh, it's good. You know, particularly, you hit a hard time. Get your thinker right. Praise the Lord. The God that has everything has promised that as we show our generosity toward him and to his kingdom, that he will take care of us according to his riches. Praise the Lord in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So think of it that way as you're giving tonight. Okay? Praise God. You can bring your offering when you wish. the Lord. Does anyone need a Bible tonight? Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. If you need, uh, uh, you know, one for the Bible study, perhaps you forgot yours or just don't have one, lift your hand. Uh, the guys will be happy to serve you with one. Amen. Joy may be having you run around the scriptures. I don't know. It's, it's quite possible. Amen. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready to study? Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, just Get ourselves ready. Joy, praise the Lord. Come on. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Let's sing. How great. 
name is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Can you raise your hands? How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands and time is in his hands. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Now if you have your prayer language, just praise him in tongues a minute. Praskira maharo. Shirmiru porama saugadis. Handori bidedeya sara mashirio vora. Rei sadaman. Lodanaya so meniniki. He the Maya Sayanamoso. He the Maya Sendereme Kondanasam. He the Masayatamaso. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Great and mighty God. Great and mighty God. to my soul. Peace, peace to my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to see all of you tonight. We have nine gifts of the Spirit. Can you tell me how many we've covered? One. One. Okay. Praise the Lord. But we have a plan. Fear, fear not. Fear not. But we're going to enjoy ourselves tonight, and we can talk about the plan at some point. Um, if you will, turn to the book of Joel. That is toward the end of the Old Testament. It's after Hosea, before Amos and Micah. I just like to start with a scripture. In Joel, the second chapter, verse 28 and 29, it says, And afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and upon the maid servants in those days will I pour out of my spirit. In the New uh, International Version, it says, Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. That to me sounds like a flood of the spirit. It doesn't sound like a 10% type thing. It sounds like an 80 or a 90% thing. So that's what we're believing for, right? Praise God. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit 
There are nine of them that are delineated in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We started off reading on those. And um, last week, we talked about one of the gifts of revelation known as the word of knowledge. Nope. The word of wisdom. I was looking at the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom. And we said that was a word of God's all-knowing wisdom, but it was just a word of that wisdom. He gave us a knowing about something that's going to happen in the future or something that we needed to know to uh, function in the future. Uh, it can be uh, things for nations or churches or for individuals. Can anybody tell me one example of a word of wisdom? It can be from the, well, uh, yeah, we'll want it from the Bible. It could be Old Testament or New Testament. Anybody remember one? The, the eunuch... What happened with the unit? See, I'm, I, I go blank, too. What happened? Philip and the unit. Philip appeared before the unit. The unit was studying God's word. Philip asked him, do you understand what you read? Uh-huh. All right, good. Says, How can I understand it if somebody doesn't explain it? And so he did that. Very good. Anybody else have one? I'm sorry? Joseph interpreting the dreams. Very good. All right, well, let's move on. Tonight we're going to go to the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is defined as the revelation, a supernatural revelation of the existence or nature of a person or thing, a knowledge of an event given to us by the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose, for a sign or wonder. And I'll go back and go over this, so don't, don't freak out. Uh, this is a fragment of his unlimited knowledge by the manifestation of the Spirit, usually with the meeting of an emergency or a need. Um, he would not reveal it if there were no purpose in doing so. So whereas the, uh, the word of wisdom was a future event, something that was going to happen, something that you needed to know to prepare for something coming up, the word of knowledge is a present condition, something that's going on right now that you need to be aware of. And God is using this a lot in his people in this day and time in ministering outside the walls of the church. Because what did we say? That this word of knowledge is for a sign and a wonder, not just to tell somebody, oh, you've got three cents in your pocket. Oh, yeah, i got three cents in my pocket. No, it's for a purpose, and it's to show them that God is real, that uh, he's pursuing them, that God is saying to them, I've got your number, I know your pain, and I care about you. So we need to know about this gift and that it is operational to you and me. It's not just to Elijah or Jesus, but that it can actually work in our lives as well. Let's, in the Old Testament, we see a lot of examples of this. And you'll probably just want to write these down. I don't think that you'll be able to go to all of these. But in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter... The 18th verse, we have the story of Elijah. Elijah was in a despondent state. Jezebel was after him. He just knew that he was dead meat. And so he was complaining to God about, oh, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. And God comforted him by saying, I have 7,000 who have not bowed their knee yet to Baal. And so 
Elijah didn't know that because he took the newspaper. He knew that because God revealed it to him, gave him a word of his knowledge. In 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, we have Elisha. And uh, the king of Israel was having problems with the Syrian army. They were after him. But Elisha would tell the king of Israel what the Syrian king was saying in the secrecy of his bedchamber so that the king was able to prepare a defense. That was a word of current knowledge. The Syrian king will be here. He will attack from here. This is what he's doing. Um, then we have another example of the word of knowledge where Samuel told Saul where to find his lost asses. Um, that still happens today. If you've lost an ass, God can help you find it. Um, Ahijah was a blind prophet in 1 Kings, the 14th chapter. And uh, Jeroboam had been a very sinful king, but he had a sick son, and he wanted to know what would happen to the sick son. He knew that, oh, that uh, Ahijah would give him a bad prophecy if he knew who he was. So he told his wife to disguise herself, and when she came up to the house, Ahijah, besides being blind, did not even have her in his presence, but when she walked through the door, he said, come in, thou wife of Jeroboam. And that was a sign to her that the all-knowing God was going to speak to her through the lips of his servant. And it was not good news, by the way. In the New Testament, we have some more examples of the word of knowledge. In Acts, the 10th chapter, is the story of Peter and Cornelius. And the word of knowledge was operating on both ends of this uh, event, in Peter and in Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius, as you remember, was a centurion who had been kind to the Jews and was seeking God. And God told him the name of Peter and where to find Peter. And then on the other end, while Peter was praying up on the rooftop, uh, the men came and... Uh, the Lord told Peter, There's, there are three men at the gate, and you're to go with them. So that, again, was a word of knowledge. Uh, in Acts, the ninth chapter, we have when Saul had been struck blind. Yeah, Saul became Paul. Saul had been struck blind, and the Lord came to Ananias and told him that he was to go to the house of Judah on the street called Straight, and see a man named Paul. Paul was waiting there. Saul was waiting there for him. So that was a word of knowledge. In the life of Jesus, the word of knowledge is shown in John, the first chapter. When uh, Nathaniel came before Jesus for, for the first time, Jesus told Nathaniel, said, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree. And what value was that? When, when Nathaniel heard that, he said, this is a prophet. This is uh, the man of God because of, the, of that knowledge. And then in John, the fourth chapter, is the story of the woman at the well. You remember that story, how he, he told her to go bring your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, well, you're telling the truth. He says, you've had five husbands, and the man you're married to, I mean, the man you're with right now, you're, you're not married to. And you are not married to the current man. I'll get it out. And uh, with that word of knowledge, it was assuring to her that God was involved in her life and was interested in her. Now, we're going to do something a little different. I am hitting bumps. And so we're going to pause here and we're going to pray.
Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus that this is your word. This is your time. This is your lesson. And Lord, I just thank you that you flow right now. I thank you that my mind is your mind, that my words are your words, that these people are your dear children that you are lovingly wanting to speak to and encourage. And all this happens tonight by the grace of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, and the love of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for clarity of thinking. Thank you for boldness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you just have to do that. Praise the Lord. All right, so those are all wonderful uh, accounts from the Bible of the word of knowledge in operation. Does the word of knowledge still work in this day and time? Yes, it does, and we want to see more of it. Um, you may have been in services here at this church or in other churches or maybe even in uh, large meetings like a Benny Hinn meeting or something. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman, this used to occur a lot in her meetings where different conditions would be called out. Uh, and when those people would stand with those conditions, there was also the ministry of healing there to remove that condition from their bodies. Um, this happens on the 700 Club. If you ever watch that show, uh, Terry and Pat and Gordon, they'll pray and they'll call out words. And they have testimonies all the time of people that were by that name or by that condition. And it wasn't just you reveal the, the information, they were healed. And so we thank the Lord for those things and thank him that he makes those aware for us. Uh, I, I told... Uh, Pastor Monica that I wanted to tell the story about her mother, Gloria Autry. Most of you who've been here for a while remember sweet sister Gloria that used to be here with us. And one of her stories, and of course they could tell it better than, than I can, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, sister Gloria was not living, she and her husband were not living Christian lives. They were far from it. They were just, you know, didn't want anything to do with God. But Gloria came to the time in her life when she had, do you know what it was called? Was it called arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, but anyway, her knees were so bad that they would go into a clinch, so to speak, and she could not get her knees to loosen up. And um, her husband would have to take and rub them and massage them to get those things to release and go down. Well, there was one night she just had this terrible uh, ordeal with it, and the knees had clenched up and all. And the next morning, they decided that they were going to go to church. And they didn't have a church, so they just picked a church. And the church they picked was First Assembly of God in Pasadena, Texas, where uh, J.R. and Carmen Goodwin were the pastors. And the gifts of the Spirit were in operation in that church, which was rather unusual for that time, or really this time, too. But the gifts of the Spirit were really in operation there. And they sat at the back of the church. They weren't going to get involved. They weren't going to do anything. They were just showing up. But God also showed up. And the Holy Spirit directed Sister Goodwin uh, with the word of knowledge that there was someone who had a condition in their legs or knees and that if they would stand, that God would heal them. Well, Gloria was pretty desperate by this point, so even though she wasn't much for this, she did stand, and God did heal. And that was a dinner bell, so to speak, for them, that this God that they had been putting on the back burner and not having anything to do with was interested in them 
interested in them, cared about them, and wanted to see them well, and had the power to do it. So praise God for that. Um, there, there are other stories that are a little more entertaining, maybe not on this grandest scale as that, but they're, they're interesting what God is doing. And, and as I've said before, I've been around here a while, so you may have heard some of my stories before. But there's a, a young minister who was in the grocery store one day, and the Lord gave him a word of knowledge. He said, see that couple over there, I want you to tell them I don't care if the macaroni and cheese is dry. And he thought that was rather strange. <laughs> but the Lord prompted him again, I want you to tell those people that I don't care if the macaroni and cheese is dry. So he finally walked up to me and said, excuse me, but I believe the Lord wants me to tell you that he doesn't care if the macaroni and cheese are dry. The man's eyes got as big as saucers and the woman began to cry because at dinner that night, he had come in and had ranted and raved and given her a fit because the macaroni and cheese were dry. So what good did that do? It let them know that there is a passionate God out there who loves them, cares about them, and is pursuing them. He knows what goes on. He knows what they're thinking, and he wants to change your life. Do you just leave it there and say, wasn't that great? No, you, you pursue it then, and you say, wouldn't you like to have a relationship with this God? Wouldn't you like to know more about him? That's what the purpose of it is, not just so you can look great. Um, then I've also told you the story that's also a, a really great one. Um, the, there are a group of ministers and people that really are teaching this. You know, get out in the marketplace and get out and do these things. And they're encouraging people to go with them. You know, if you've worked in these gifts before and in ministering to others, they'll take people with them. Let's go out. Let's do this. God's in you. You can do this. And so uh, this one man was with... Uh, one of the ministers, and the minister was uh, witnessing to this guy, and the minister was telling this guy several words of knowledge about his life, and, and the man was, you know, yes, yes, but it really wasn't touching him. It was just, he was just acknowledging, yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true. But the young uh, novice that he had with him was over there <laughs> praying, and he said, well, do you have anything? Do you have anything? Said, well... Yeah. He said, what do you have? He said, well, all I'm getting is a, a purple elephant with pink polka dots. And the minister said, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? But when he said that, the purple elephant with pink polka dots, the guy they were witnessing to burst into tears. Here again, the man said that when he was a young boy, that he had this beloved purple elephant with pink polka dots that he went to bed with every night. He loved that elephant. But one day, his dad told him, said, you are too big for that toy. That is going in the trash. And he took it from him. And it caused a root of bitterness in this, in this child against his father that he had never forgiven him for. And so at that point, they were able to pray with him, get him lead him to forgiveness, and get him to recognize that, again, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. There's nothing, no pain that you've ever gone through that he's not there for. Nothing is too insignificant to him. He cares about you. Amen. Um, and uh, I, I think I told you uh, before, too, we, uh, June and I and was it Lisa went up to Oklahoma to one of these uh, conventions where they encourage you to do these things. And so we had gone to this place to eat, 
And we had been talking to this young woman behind the counter a little bit. She was very shy. But all of a sudden, everybody, all the other workers, all the other customers, and there had been a bunch of them, they just weren't there anymore. And she said, um, so why are y'all here? Or something like that. And my sister said, well, we're at a conference where we're learning to pray for people and, um, you know, to to talk to them about the Lord. And... uh, at that point, I just, it just kind of dropped in my, I mean, it wasn't a big anything, but it just, just dropped my heart. I said, do you have a baby brother? And she shook her head, and I said, you've been real concerned about him, haven't you? And the tears started to well up in her eyes. I said, you know, God wants, God wants to take care of that. So can we pray with you about that? And so my sister and I were able to pray with her, and she could see that God cares about you no matter where you are, and he's interested in dealing with your situations in life. Another neat word of knowledge here just recently, and I asked the couple if it was okay if I shared the story, and they said, oh, they'd be delighted for me too. Because I just want to encourage you that, that this isn't something that you can't experience or that you can't walk in. We said, well, that's, that's for you, Joy, or that's for Pastor. You know, that's not for me. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And he gives in us, we'll get over in a few weeks, we'll go over to the book for chapter 14 where it talks about order well i'm sorry folks but we don't have enough of these gifts in operation right now that we need to worry about order so that tells me that there needs to be more gifts in operation see so these gifts are are for you and they're for me and you have the holy spirit in you when you've received the baptism of the holy spirit you've received that language of being able to speak in other tongues to god the spirits in you if you say Lord, I want, as you've told me, I'll back up a bit. He says in there to covet earnestly the best gifts, all right? So does that make it sound like it's his will? Yes. So you go to him and you say, Lord, I see it's there. I see that it's beneficial. I want to please you. Lord, put those gifts to operation in me. Well, what does it tell us? He says that if anybody asks the Holy Spirit, would he not give it to them? If, if he asked your father for a fish, would he give you a serpent? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, will he not give it to you? This is the same thing. If you ask for the gifts to flow in you, he will cause those gifts to flow. It will be a work of faith, but you are faith people and you can take faith steps. And if you fall, he's going to pick you up and he's going to dust you off. He said, good try, let's go at it again. Okay? So all of that's working. All right, back to my story. So on a Sunday morning, I'm sitting over here where we usually sit on Sunday morning in the back corner. And um, Chris and Donna Jones, okay, Chris and Donna Jones are sitting over here. And Pastor Albert calls them up because they're starting a music ministry. They're already professional musicians, but God is going to, is starting to use them in a uh, ministerial form of that. So he called them up, they're going forth, and so he's going to pray for them. So he's over there praying for them, and I'm sitting back there praying in the Spirit, as we all do, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I hear French connection. Huh? French connection. That's way too weird. There's no way I'm going to walk up to some people and say French connection. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So I just you know, pray in the spirit, and I let it lie. So a few days into the week, uh, I see Donna's face come across on Facebook, 
And if you know anything about Facebook, there's a way that you can message people where you can say something to them and not everybody sees it. So I told her what happened. And I said, and French Connection came in. Does that mean anything to you? And she put LOL, laugh out loud. See how smart I am. I know what LOL means. <laughs> it means laugh out loud. She said, the man that's helping us develop our album is French, and the name of our album is Connection. <laughs> and she said, did he give you anything else? <laughs> well, here's, here's another lesson. If he gives you something else, give it. If he doesn't give you something else, don't give it. And so I said, no, all I know is it's going to be blessed. You know, that was a confirmation, so it's a blessed. So I just thought that was cool. And uh, God will do those things with you. You don't have to wait uh, for anything but just say, Lord, use me, and then just whatever comes out, comes out. We were at Galveston. Uh, my husband and I had decided to take a weekend and go to Galveston. I'm trying to get better about doing these things. And so we had this uh, sweet um, waiter, and uh, he, I, he's, I say sweet, he's a big football player, so he's a big black guy, but he's real nice. And as we're talking, I find out that, that he's a Christian. And uh, so we talk some more, and that's what you do. You know, you get to talk with people. Don't be afraid to talk to them. So he comes back by the table, and I say, um, do you have an aunt that's been real sick? And he said, well, I don't know. And he's just kind of him on with it. And I said, well, God's just going to heal your whole family anyway. And God wants to bless you in your schooling. I knew he was going to school, and I started talking about it. He just reached over and put his arms around me and just hugged me. Oh, thank you. You know, and it seemed so simple. I thought, you know, it doesn't sound like you're really doing anything, but the Holy Spirit is in you. And he can take the simplest thing and he can touch people's hearts with it. In fact, that's the main thing about the whole thing. It's not how intricate the word you gave was. What's important is that, that you show the love of God, and that love of God talks to people every time. Even if all you said is Jesus loves you. Jesus just wanted me to tell you that, that he knows about your heartaches and he cares. Just little things like that. The Holy Spirit takes them and he uses them and he ministers to people. Amen. So, um, how do these come? How, how do you know joy? I mean, how do you, how do you know the word of knowledge? They come in different ways. Just like we talked about the other day about um, the different uh, vessels sitting on the shelf and the, the varieties of administrations. They can come in all different ways. Some people uh, will see things in their mind's eye. They'll see them. Some people will actually have visions of them. They'll physically see them. Some people will hear something, or it'll be just like it was with uh, Donna and Chris, just two words. And then you just take that, and you take those two, and it goes on. Um, it may be just an, a feeling of compassion. You step out on that feeling of compassion, and you just address the person, and it begins to come. You don't wait until you have a full page filled out and you know everything that is to be said before you move. That's called faith. You just start moving. Um, and so on the word of knowledge, another thing that happens sometimes too is what some people refer to as the sympathy pain. 
sometimes sympathy pain means uh, I know that Susie's uh, got an earache and so my ear starts hurting just thinking about her ear hurting. But this is where you are with somebody and all of a sudden you feel a pain or a sensation in a part of your body that you've not been having. I mean, all of a sudden your wrist hurts and your wrist hasn't been hurting. And so that's, and that just cues your spirit. Do you have something wrong with your wrist? God wants to heal that, you know, so it can be manifest in that way as well. Rodney Howard Brown says, God will show you things in people's lives not to put them down, not to discourage them, but to help them. If you ever use them for anything but helping people, you will lose the anointing of God and open yourself up for familiar spirits to dominate your life. You will begin to know things about people, but not by the Holy Spirit. So you see this if you've been to Las Vegas or places like that. You may have come in contact with some of this. There are familiar spirits that will tell people things about people, but the aim is not to bless them or to bring them closer to God. It's to magnify the human being or magnify foul spirits. You certainly want nothing to do with that. Uh, The devil will reveal things to trick and to deceive and to trap. Seances and Ouija boards do this. They open doors to satanic influences. People think it's a one-time deal, but it's not a one-time deal. If you've ever involved in those things, you've opened a door that can allow Satan and his forces to torment you. So if you ever have, don't freak out. Just go to God and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't understand or I know better now. Forgive me for being involved in that. Wipe every sign of it from my life. I speak the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my soul, over my flesh. And devil, you cannot pass the blood of Jesus. This thing is broken off of my life this day, and it'll never come back. There's power in your words. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? All right. We get to move on to another gift. The next gift and the last gift of the the revelation gifts is discerning of spirits. Um, Howard Carter's definition is that discerning of spirits is insight into the spirit world. Not a discerning of evil spirits only, but a discerning of all spirits, good and bad. Discerning of spirits is the ability to see the presence or activity of a spirit. This is not natural judgment. Visions are a manifestation of this gift. So, a lot of people, and and again, you know, we've talked about this is not something to get Um, in strife about. If you see it differently, fine. You see it differently, let's go on. But discerning of spirits, according to Howard Carter, is seeing into the spirit realm. Uh, If I just know that uh, so-and-so is being bothered by um, this addiction or this evil thing, that might be a word of knowledge. But discerning of the spirits, as he defines it, is seeing into the spirit realm, seeing what's going on, having visions or mental images of what's tormenting somebody or good things. You know, like if you, like he said, if you if all you ever see is evil, maybe you just are have the spirit of criticism. But um, the, being a discerning of spirits means that you see good things as well as bad things in people's lives. Um, let's see. Okay. 
said that, said that. Some people claim to have this gift, but all they have is the gift of suspicion or criticism. Don't confuse this with natural perception. Personality clashes, they offended you, they got on your nerves, so all of a sudden you think there's some evil spirit in them. Um, in the Old Testament, we have example of discerning of spirits when Elisha prayed for his servant to, uh, that his eyes be opened, and he saw that, that the hills were full of the heavenly chariots and horses of God there for their defense. Um, Isaiah uh, talks about being in the temple in the year that King Uzziah died, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That's an example of discerning of spirits. In the New Testament, Peter's knowledge of Ananias and Sapphira's conspiracy and their lie against the Holy Ghost is discerning of spirits. That's in Acts 5. In Acts, the 8th chapter, Peter is talking to Simon, the sorcerer, and he says, For I see that you are in a bond forged by iniquity. So he was seeing into the spirit realm. Um, In Acts, the 13th chapter... Paul is dealing with another sorcerer, Elamus, and Elamus was uh, fighting against Paul and them, and he was struck blind for a time. Stephen, when he was being stoned, looked up into heaven. He saw the Son of Man standing at the Father's right hand. That was discerning of spirits. In the life of Jesus, he said, I saw Satan falling as lightning from heaven. And And in John, the first chapter, the 47th verse, Nathaniel, he said, I, uh, he said, behold, Nathaniel, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. That was a revelation of the gift of discerning of spirits. Current day examples of this. Um, one of my favorite examples of this is I've mentioned Brother Goodwin. Uh, some people called him Dad Goodwin in his later years. He was used mightily in the gifts of the spirit. And uh, he told the account that in the earlier days of his ministry, they were pastoring in a church in Gladewater, Texas. Uh, And during that time, they noticed that in their services, the services would start off well. People would be praising the Lord. Everything would be going well. And all of a sudden, as though something just kind of clamped down on the service. All of a sudden, everything just went... just went to nothing. And this bothered him because it kept happening week after week. And because of his concern over this matter, he spent time in prayer and fasting. Spent time in prayer and fasting. There was a need. There was a problem. What did he do? He spent time in prayer and fasting. The Lord told me to come back to that in a minute and make a special note about that. But right now, let me talk to you about discerning the spirit. He spent time in prayer and fasting. So on this one day, he was in the parsonage next door to the church house. And as he was praying, he saw in a vision, a, in the vision, he was standing up near the pulpit of the church and looking toward the back doors of the church, he saw a dark figure came in. And as it came closer, it was kind of ape-like in appearance. And this creature jumped up and got up on the rafters and was hanging from the rafters, looking very menacing at him. And he knew that this was uh, an example of the evil spirit that was tormenting their body of believers and keeping them from entering into what God had for them. So in, in his prayer, he began to speak to that thing in the name of Jesus and command it to get out of the premises and not to return. 
At first, it, he said it came down and it acted like it knew it had to obey, but it didn't want to. So he commanded it again and it's headed toward the door, but it would look back over its shoulder. And finally, the last time he said, in Jesus name, you get out of here and you don't return. In his vision, he saw the ape-like creature leave the building, go down the street to a place that they called the Blue Grill. It was a bar. And it went in there and disappeared. And, uh, to, and the night later, not that day, but the night later, there was a robbery at that bar. You know, maybe that was a coincidence. It's kind of interesting that that's where he saw the thing go and they had a robbery. But after that, the, the spirit of the church opened up and they would be able to, to experience the joy of the Lord and to get into the flow of the spirit. All of that because of this discerning of spirits that took place in Brother Goodman. The side note that, that uh, I wanted to bring to you because I think that this will be helpful to somebody here tonight. I know it was helpful to me when I read it. I was listening to Bill Johnson the other day, and he says, when you're needing a fresh word from the Lord, don't keep your regular schedule. Do something different that shows you've laid yourself down to seek the Lord. Position yourself to hear from him. I think, you know, just human nature, a lot of times that that happens to us. There's things going on in our lives. Things aren't like we should be, you know, and we're telling our friends about it. and We're talking to our family about it and we're throwing up a prayer here or there. But if there's really something going on, make a change in your schedule. Set aside a time. Set aside a meal. Set aside something and go before the face of God. He loves you. He wants to give you the answer. He wants to give you relief, but he wants your cooperation as well. Amen? Um, and here's another point to be made about dealing with these things. Let's say that you, are, you have a friend and God has revealed to you that there's something going on, uh, that you have this discerning of spirits. You see there's, there's an addiction or you see that there's something that God wants to break off of them and you want to pray with them about it. You do not necessarily have to name that thing. You don't have to say, oh, I see there's a spirit of pornography on you. You know, you don't have to name it. But what you can do is, um, if you're praying for someone and an addiction is revealed to you, don't necessarily have to name the addictive behavior. You can say, I see you're really fighting a battle. And Jesus wants to help you fight that battle. And uh, because if Jesus reveals this thing to you, he's already been convicting them about it. This isn't news to them. Okay. And so in that way, it's a wise way to handle that situation. And remember that when Jesus told them, uh, prayed for the man and he was healed, he said, go and sin no more. It was really a declaration that you're free to walk away from here and not be bound any longer. He wasn't just telling him, don't go sin anymore. He was telling him, you're free now. You can go. You've been set free from this, and you're not going to have to do it anymore. So that's what you're going to administer to these people by the grace of God. Um, that brings us to the end of the gifts of revelation. So next week, we'll get into the gifts of power. Now, I've been in contact with Pastor Scott, and he has been listening to these um, on the podcast, and he said, I can't.
can tell you're not to the end. <laughs> so he has graciously, and Pastor Albert too, has graciously uh, allowed me that uh, after next week, that's the fourth week, we'll take a break. This will be part one. Then we're going to have a series of lessons by uh, Mike McGuire for three weeks. It's going to be super. And at the close of that, I'll come back for two more weeks, and we'll finish up whatever we don't get through by the end of next week. All right? Let me just tell you this one more little point I want to make in closing. Um, and we did some of this tonight. Bill Johnson says, praying in tongues and singing in tongues is important because it keeps us connected to spontaneity. Have you sensed that? When you're praying in the Spirit and when you're singing in the Spirit, it opens up that spontaneity. It opens up that flow of the Spirit. It allows you to connect with the gifts in a greater way. So always do those things. Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans, I won't go into who she was, but she, way back, she was healed of tuberculosis and did great things before our time. But she says... God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing under their feet but the word of God. God watches as we demonstrate a faith that acts on the word. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. We'll pick up next week with gifts of power. Thank you.